Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back. It's Annette Harris, your certified mental health ambassador and host of this podcast, Mind Mending in the Net, distributed by Get Caught in a Net Incorporated. Remember to think of this experience as a net for your mind to mend. And I also encourage you to please subscribe to Mind Mending in the Net on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast shows. And it's time, guys. Let's recite my mantra. Everything starts in the mind. Now, before we go further, I would love to give you my positive mental health tip for this episode. And actually, we're going to kind of relate it to the topic of discussion. So I want to give you a few positive mental health tips to manage depression or to get over it. Um, I always say the quickest way to get help is to admit that you need it. So if you are at that place where you realize that you may be dealing with um, some form of depression, why don't you do this? Why don't you get active? It's important to get at least 30 minutes of physical activity daily. And this can be anything from walking to running. I'm not sure what your physical activity uh, could be for you, but why don't you do that? Get active and then nourish your body. Make sure you eat well-balanced meals. And the third thing, get enough rest. Sleep is important for our physical well-being. Uh, It's important for our concentration and so forth and so on. So that's your tip for today to manage depression, to get over it. Make sure you get active, nourish your body, and get some sleep. How about that? That should help you along your way. Well, guys, I'm excited today because I'm going to introduce to you here on this podcast forum a wonderful friend of mine. He's a good friend. And we actually have our own radio show together. Well, I'm excited about that. We're maybe three or four years in. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm oh padding God. that. I don't know. But we do. <laughs> but we do have a radio show together. But I wanted to have him come on and be a, a, a guest on my podcast here because I wanted to talk about a subject that is important, but not discussed too often. And I, myself, think that it should be. So I'm introducing to you Apostle Dion Hunt. He's in the virtual hey, house. Hey, hey. How I'm are doing you doing? Good. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, what a privilege and an honor it good. is to be on this platform. You know, you wear many, many hats. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I'm glad my hair is kind of combed today. I won't have to wear a hat. Just kidding. <laughs> Listen, listen, Apostle Hunt, he's the leader over at uh, Saul the center in Chicago. And, uh, you know, I I always say this, and he's heard it a number of times. I have not really found too many uh, men of the cloth, if you will, who are so down to earth, relatable, and someone that you can talk with. Um, Just, you, you don't have to have all these accolades or all Mm -hmm. these big words and stuff to talk to him he is 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 just that kind of an individual who's who's down on earth and real with you and I appreciate that about him so uh, I'm not bringing a stranger into you guys on today on on this episode he is he is a a good friend so Apostle Hunt we want to talk today about clergy 
dealing with depression. Yeah. Um, you know what? I have to throw this in here. When I first started my radio show, and I've said it a number of times on my radio show that I had I had a hesitancy of doing it, but every time I would do a show and when I would end the show, I would ask the Lord, are you sure this is what you want me to do? I did that probably about a month straight. I was doubting myself. And, you know, I knew that I was supposed to go in that direction, but I kept doubting myself. So every time I asked the Lord, I would always see in the news or someone would inbox me or it was pointed out to me the reason why I should have this show. It was and is an area for individuals to talk to get things out in the open, what's on their mind, to talk about the psychological and spiritual aspects of whatever they're dealing with in life. It was a platform, a safe space. Um, So what I kept seeing was how a lot of clergy at that time, because that was in 2013, 2013, there was a slew, and I can't remember the exact number of clergy ministers, pastors, preachers, who unfortunately started taking their lives, committing suicides because they were, suicide, excuse me, because they were dealing with mental illness. They were dealing with depression. They were dealing with various things that they just could not handle. And they felt that the only way for them to deal with it was to take their life. And every time I saw that, I it it it, it hurt me so bad, and I, I had to stop asking asking the Lord, "Is this what you want me to do?" I said because I don't want to continue to see this. But He was letting me know, this is why you need to do this, because people don't feel that they have an outlet. They don't feel that they can talk about these things that are bothering them, that they're going through. They feel that they're going through mm. it alone. And so with the platform, the radio show itself, it was allowing people to see, yeah, I can talk about this. I'm not the only one. And then of course, we were trying to find assistance and help for them. So I prefaced uh, this, this topic today, telling you all of that, because this is what we're dealing with on today. I wanna talk with Apostle Hunt um, about the clergy dealing with depression i mean directly dealing with it, not their flock right. you know or their members and how they've dealt with it but you know you yourself have you dealt with it how have you dealt with it and you know is this a reality you know because some people think we, we now we will put our clergy on a certain pedestal we have we probably will continue to and now one thing i will say you must respect them as men and women of God, I, you know, firmly believe that, but know that they are human also, and that there are things that they deal with that, you know, kind of takes them to certain areas that maybe they don't want to be mentally. So let's, let's, let's chat about this on today. I'm, I'm talking too much and I want you all to hear from my guests. So, <laughs> you know, cause I always want to make sure everybody knows that they have a voice concerning their own mental health. So, uh, Apostle, why don't we talk to you about your personal experience um, dealing with um, whether it's depression or any other form of mental 
um, the absence of mental health. How about we say and I'm, that? I'm glad you, I'm glad for a couple of things. You, you, you referred to it as mental health or the absence of mental health. Um, you didn't call it um, mental illness because I think even certain labels that we put on certain things kind of cause us to uh, backpedal from dealing with them appropriately or even acknowledging them. Um, yeah, and then the fact that you acknowledge the fact that we're human, uh, we're not we're not superheroes. And even though we may be equipped some of the time and even most of the time with handling uh, other people's problems and counseling, we still have problems of our own. We have lives of our own. And we have things that we have to juggle and have to find ways to be productive uh, members of society. And so uh, it can be a bit much, um, but I, I, I really appreciate um, what you're doing in this opportunity just to just speak on this subject on the level that I can. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you. And you know, I, that kind of just came to me to kind of do it as the absence of mental health, um, because that, again, will allow individuals to kind of, yeah. they'll listen to yeah. you. You say mental illness. Oh, right. I don't have no mental illness. Right. What you talking about? You know, and they're just going about their business and won't receive the help that they actually need. Um, and or, and like I, I said on one of my shows early, on my show earlier today about talking about the big elephant in the room, um, it has to be addressed. It definitely has to be addressed. You said something there when you mentioned about all the um, responsibility, if you will, that you have as uh, a minister, as a a clerg as clergy and dealing with you got to deal with everybody else my goodness you know huh, I you know don't ever want the Lord to tell me that that's what I need to do because it's funny you said that because when it was revealed to me Annette I cried and people thought I was crying because I was so overwhelmed with the spirit you know, your, right, your right. And I, I was crying because I knew what was coming because that's the household I grew up in. Both my parents are ministers. Both my parents are pastors. And uh, so I know the demand, what I was dealing with, and I'm sure we'll get into it, what I was dealing with as I went into and ventured into certain states of mind. You know, and so the demand is something very great and it can be overwhelming at times, be overwhelming at times. Yeah, I, I can only imagine uh, you got all different kind of personalities <laughs> to deal with. Different, different age yeah. groups and you have to, you know, be that happy medium um, you know, if you will, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, what I'm saying, you know, but you, you have to find mm. the resolve when there, when there isn't any, or, you know, there, there's just so much you have to deal with. And so that coupled with the fact that you are human, you have a life, you have a wife, you have a family. So what, what, what does all of that look like? So you said when you first received the appointment, that you cried and that was because you knew what was coming so what else was going through your mind you know 
did you feel overwhelmed? I definitely felt overwhelmed. Uh, and uh, just to be blunt and honest, uh, fear, fear happened. Um, anxiety, uh, dread, all those those words, those phobia words, um, which is connected to a lack of mental health. Um, and one of my biggest fears in that was, was, was number one, not measuring up, but having someone, you know, you know my dad, you know Dr. Hunt, and being a legacy child uh, in any act, when you, when you have a parent or parents, my mother even excelled, you have parents that excel in a certain thing, and then you come behind them and take the reins. It can be, it can be excruciatingly burdensome because the last thing you want is to drop the ball. The last thing you want is, to, is for it to be said that, yeah, you know, Dr. Hunt did this or Pastor Chris did this, but as soon as they handed it over to their son, it, it fell to the ground. He ain't nothing like his dad, you know. That, the, that's the last thing you want. And so I had a lot of apprehension and fear and dread as it relates to legacy and the burden of it. Um, and one of the things that I really had to deliver myself from, um, where God delivered me, is me trying to duplicate them. I think subconsciously I was trying to duplicate and replicate who they were instead of finding my own niche and my own identity in what I was doing. And because I was so desperately trying to duplicate, and it was, it was subconscious, but I was desperately trying to do it. And there's no way I can measure up to that. And because I was missing that mark, uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety, you know? And so I felt like I was failing because I wasn't doing it exactly like them, you know? And that, that thing, those thoughts caused me to retreat into myself. I was always overanalyzing things. You know, I felt, you said it in the open, um, oh, I, I, I feel this. I felt alone. I felt so alone. Yeah. Um, and even lonely at times, you know, because I felt like I didn't have anybody that knew what I was feeling and what I was going through. Even as it relates to ministry, you know, you, you, my dad could, could have very well said, okay, I know what you're dealing with with ministry. I had to do that same thing. I had to, I had to deal with the church doing that same thing. I had to counsel somebody on it. But do you understand the pressure of being a legacy and having to do this? And, and having to deal with the same people that you dealt with you know it was just it was overwhelming to me and um and i know I, I might be rambling but but one of the things that happened is immediately after i took the reins of the ministry there was a there wasn't there was an exodus that was folk left 
uh, immediately. And you, you know, you can speculate as to why they left. Some, some of the older saints left. I was, I was young. I might have been about 29 or 30 years old. And so you have, yeah, you have, you have saints who were in their 50s and 60s. That okay, what can a 29, 30 year old, you know, young buck tell me? And the thing about it is, and that these were people I looked up to. So I didn't just see it as them leaving. The way I processed it was abandonment. I was processing as if I was being abandoned. And um, uh, it, it caused me to not put a lot of trust in ministry relationships. Um, and, I, and I felt like I was all alone. I felt like I had to do this thing alone. And it just put an overwhelmingly amount of burden on my shoulders, mentally, mentally. Wow. Thank you so much for that transparency. Um, that That's... That's amazing. And I, I can see how you could have felt that way. Uh, that just touched me when you mentioned about those that you looked up to that actually left. And for what, like you said, various reasons. Um, and, you know, they could have been fearful. Who knows why they could have left? I don't know. Uh, maybe they're saying, okay, I'm not going to get the same that mm -hmm. I had before here. But they didn't give you a chance. But that's another story. And I story. don't want to speculate. You know, uh, I could, but, but I don't want to. Right, right. Yeah, that made, <laughs> made, made you, you hurt know? worse if you really found out exactly why they left, you know. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, but no, that, that's, that's interesting. Um, feeling alone, overwhelmed, feeling like you have to live up to a certain standard. That's a lot of pressure. And you said you were 29, you, yeah. you were young, 30, that's still young. Um, you know, to take on all of that. So at, at, at what point did you really feel that this is really, this is really doing something to me mentally? It is really uh, at the forefront. I, I don't know, were you at points and times where maybe going to church, you were kind of like, oh, I don't know if I really want to go today or how how did, did any yeah, of that happen? Um, there was a feeling of, you know, man, what am I going to encounter today? Because I, you know, I had certain people who would, um, who would give me problems here and there. Uh, uh, and then some people, I, I even had it said to me, well, you, you ain't your daddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I mean, I'm, I, I'll let you know how far I retreated into my mind. And it's, I'm not even saying that this is what reality, because depression will cause you to question reality sometimes. But you got to understand this this dynamic, even at home. And I said I wasn't going to go here, but I think I can go. I think I can tiptoe into this, you know, and walk gingerly. Okay. But even at home, you got to understand. My wife, Pastor Cece, who's a wonderful, wonderful pastor, she uh, assists me. Yeah, she assists yes, me. Yes, she ministry. is. She's doing a wonderful mm -hmm. job. Um, but in my heart, in my mind, um, she was, understand, I, I, I was away at college and then I came home and she was in the ministry. She was there following Dr. Hunt, following my dad, faithful, you know, um, postured herself as a daughter. Um, and so I even had to process in my mind, 
okay, um, what does she feel? Does she feel like she's had to digress or or um, um, settle for a lesser version or a lesser quality of leadership? Because now, one of the things that I appreciated about Dr. Hunt is that when he put me over the ministry, he removed himself so that there wouldn't be a struggle. Okay, you gonna have to accept my son. You're not gonna be going back and forth between me and him. And he did that strategically. But but for some people, it was a it was a shock. And so I would I would be constantly wondering if if she uh, valued, you know, uh, who God was making me to be. And so it was a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on in my mind but what what helped me realize it um that i was dealing with it was not actually when i was in it it was years ago it was years afterward um when i was i was studying i was studying something in the scriptures concerning fear and 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 wow. and in studying that and then going through my notes and looking at some stuff that I heard Dr. Hunt say re uh, regarding fear uh, and anxiety, um, it made me realize what I was going through back then. It made me realize it, but even then, even still, I don't I don't think I even acknowledged it openly until years after that. You know, but it, it just oh, made me, okay. it made, it put the question in my mind. What was it? Was I depressed? Was, was I? Because I, I never really thought that I would ever claim that as a reality for me, you know, because, because, because yeah. of the negative connotation connected to that. You know what I mean? You, it's, it's seen, it's seen as a weakness. And then sometimes mm -hmm. it's camouflaged because you have to be, you have to put on this strength every week. You have to put on this strength. And um, um, one of the things that I, that I said to myself that reasoned me out of it, that was trying to reason me out of that reality was, well, I'm too functional. I, I do way too much. I, I look, at, look at all the stuff that I do. I can't be, no, if I'm depressed, that means I'm at home with the shades drawn and the covers over my head. I can't be depressed, you know. And but but the Holy Spirit was like, no, uh, -uh no, no. You got to deal with this. You got to deal with it head on, so that you know uh, what it is that you're dealing with or what you struggled with, and that you will be better able to confront it and deal with it if it happens again. So yeah, right. I, had to, I had to come to grips with it and just and not necessarily embrace it, but acknowledge it, acknowledge and confront it. Yes. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. This was actually part one of the discussion on clergy and depression and or the absence of mental health in the pulpit. Is this even a reality? Hmm. Well, you have heard from my wonderful guest, Apostle Dion Hunt, the leader of Saul Call the Center in Chicago, Illinois, that this is indeed a reality, one in which he has lived. 
Well, there will be a part two and a part three, and I encourage you to make sure you tune in to Mind Mending in the Net to hear the conclusion. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I do encourage you that if you have any questions, please email me at mindmendinginthenet at gmail.com. And I also, if you have not done so already, encourage you to please subscribe to this podcast. You can go to Google, Spotify, uh, or wherever, Apple, wherever you get your podcast shows. You will find Mind Mending in the Net, where everything starts in the mind.